All right, so when I heard on the show last week that Fen was going to be gone and so there wasn't a show, I offered to step in and record a little something so that everyone has something to listen to in their feed, because I know that's really important to Fen and all the hosts that kind of something goes out and clip shows take a lot of time. And so I decided to do something a little bit different. And I apologize if there's audio quality issues. I have a pretty good mic. I don't have a pop filter or anything. You might hear my desk creaking or my cat running around. Um, but what I wanted to record was a people's history of VentChat. It's often purported that I have a bit of a steel trap mind and uh, I kind of have a knack for narrative. So I wanted to give people who maybe came in late recently, or even if you came in years ago, this show has been going on for almost nine years now. So there's a lot you may have missed or a lot you didn't know, or maybe you came into it not from the gaming side, so you didn't understand it. But the show started in, I think, November, December of 2009. And what I really, really, really want people to understand is the context. Because in 2018, podcasting is this huge thing. New media, making money on the internet. And about 2009 to 2011, 12 is a period that I like to call the weird internet, where the weird internet is still alive. It was before the proliferation of smartphones, before the ubiquitousness of social media, where everyone has this kind of online presence. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012 was still this time, even forward. Um, but I would say 2012 is like a good or to make a historical demarcating line. 2012 and earlier, you would still have these things where, oh, it's a friend from the internet you don't know what they look like what where that is still something real so with that in mind the show begins and i don't come in to this story until about seven eight months later july of 2010 so before this period might be a little bit shaky, especially on like the first episodes. So if I'm wrong, correct me. But if I'm wrong, it's not really going to like, it's not going to be an earth shattering difference maker. So the show begins. And I think the first hosts Fen has on his bacon, this guy from his guild. And then Asta comes in, or actually I think maybe sauce comes in and then Asta. But for the first 24 episodes, I believe, more or less, it is Ben, Asta, and Sauce. And Turd Hat actually was not on the show until, I think, episode 24 or 25. And instead, he would call in every week with these long, rambling, disjointed calls. And that's where that Turd Hat, Lothar, Turd Hat with a T intro was from. Because Turd Hat didn't want to be on the show because he had the feeling that a lot of people do with podcasts sometimes, like the who who wants to listen to me. But to set the stage for that, 
if you've listened, you kind of know that um, Fen and Turdhat know each other from college. Uh, and they live together for some period of time, you know, people like Deluxa. And then playing EverQuest, they meet Esta there as well, I'm fairly certain. And so they kind of play together through WoW and a big kind of period for them in WoW was Burning Crusade because I think they missed a fair amount of vanilla because they were still in EQ2. That might also need some fact-checking. But, because I, I feel like EQ2 and WoW was kind of a, like, Blu-ray HD DVD thing for some people. And that's a throwback. <laughs> and then in Wrath of the Lich King, Turdhat played for the first little bit, like, through Next Ramus. And then he leaves because first kid is born and you know from that period turd has been more or less gone from wow and then it's Aston and fen continuing until a little raid called trial of the crusader <laughs> which if you played wow you remember this dark dark period but sauce comes in during that he helps them you know they were kind of a, a relatively hardcore raiding guild at the time um did some stuff in Ulduar. There's, you know, kind of this quote, if you go back and listen to old shows where people are talking about, like, you know, holy pally, Sauce was the reason. So Sauce kind of came in and, and really provided a, a much-needed role at the time in their roster. And that's pretty much it. They, you then have Ice Citadel, which was, like, a huge point for a lot of people. A lot of things changed in the game at that time. And with that in mind, there's another demarcating line that we have to make that's within the game community. So a lot of people at this point, while podcasts are maybe not necessarily at their peak, but we are within the peak area and wow itself is at a peak, regardless of player count or whatever, this point, Ice Crown Citadel we know that Cataclysm's coming out. We know what Cataclysm's going to be. There is so much incredible hype for the game. And you are playing out the game's best storyline that they've ever had with the most iconic character. But what had happened previously is in this patch, Blizzard announced, well, not announced, but in patch 3.3 you have the introduction of the dungeon finder which kind of obliterated a lot of server community so before this you really got to know the people on your server you would be like people often talked about it like almost like a graduating class so you're playing your little troll hunter killing shit in Stranglethorn Vale and you group up with this guy to kill Sindal or you group up with somebody to do a group quest or you get into somebody's Scarlet Monastery group and you run with them a couple times and you say you know dude let me add you and I'll catch you when I catch you and then maybe you join his guild or he joins your guild and you kind of cross paths or whatever and this is how you made friends because you're like this is my dude we we have these experiences together and 
usually it was done without their voice, without a lot of talking. It was just like this cool, silent, tacit meeting that grows into something bigger. And that's something that people lament now when they talk about not just wow or kind of anything, but this sort of ubiquitous connection that we have has made those connections weaker in a way. And so the debate that also gets started from these things like Dungeon Finder, there's a badge system, and it kind of made it so that anybody could jump to the end. Before this, for the most part, you had to progress through everything linearly. So if it's the Burning Crusade, the second WoW expansion, you start out with these raids, Karazhan, Gruul's Lair, Magtheridon's Lair, and da -da 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 -da, all the way up to Black Temple and Sunwild. And so similarly, Burning Crusade had this kind of huge iconic character, Illidan. Illidan and Arthas are easily the two most recognized characters from the Warcraft universe. And before this period, if you didn't get there, it was like tough shits. And it was a big thing that people talked about like one percent of the player base even entered Sunwell, the final raid of burning crusade and so it started this dialogue of like how is that okay is it okay that so much development time is going into content that people aren't even seeing and on one half of the argument you have people saying no this is ridiculous we all should be able to kind of you know at least dip our foot in spread the wealth and on the other half, you have people who are saying like, no, this is ridiculous. It is a game. You are meant to play the game and get better. If you have not invested enough time, if you have not invested enough energy, if you have not done all these things, you should not be able to see it because obviously you need this difficulty curve. And how Blizzard fixed this was adding different difficulty modes. You've got normal, heroic. You've got different raid sizes, 10 and 25. So they were doing all these things to kind of help the player base out in that way but it created this very stark line of casual versus hardcore there were people it was crazy even though this random dungeon finder comes out where all you have to do is sit in the city press a button it puts you in a group it teleports you into the dungeon you run it and by completing that first one of the day you get badges that you can use to buy the currently some pieces of currently like the best gear in the game so you could have, sorry, my cat was just digging in the litter box, so I had to pause. But you could have just hit 80. You could have just started playing the game not very long ago. And now suddenly you are at the pinnacle along with these other players who have raided and put in all this time. And there's no right and wrong answer to this debate. And that's not what I'm here to do. But what it did was it created this very clear line and a lot of people were very upset there's this kind of old guard new guard back in my day versus the reality you've got people who have kids and jobs and whatever and they're like well i want to kill Arthas too and you've got people who are single work part-time college kids high schoolers you know who are like nah dude i've been out here killing boars for a minute now and i want to be able to do this so there was a drastic change around this period that the show comes out. And it's important to note because 
it changed the tone of podcasts as well. So many podcasts started to see huge notoriety during this period. And and while monetization was not exactly there yet, that didn't really come until about Cataclysm, when you really started to see new media, Let's Plays, podcasts become something where you could actually make money there were a lot of people who kind of became like blizzard dick riders whether they really do believe in the company that much or whether it was in hopes of entering some favored vanguard of content creators there were people who kept it real and people who didn't and similarly there were people who thought because they had a podcast they were some type of elebrity who was better than you so one of the things that definitely set vent chat apart for people and why people came in and listened was you came in you got some wow news you got some opinions but it, it was really tangential to wow it wasn't people reading patch notes and reading what's on mmo champion or talking about this or raid strategies it was just kind of wow adjacent so if you liked wow you got that but then you got these other things and one of the most important things once VentChat goes live, which is about the same time Turd Hat joins the show, I think it's about the same like early 20s, is it was, I mean, this is really crazy and it's the first show and I think one of the only shows to do it, but um, Fen took a lot of inspiration from shows like Slash 2 and slash two was a show that had kind of a similar beat like they weren't they were kind of hardcore ish but not like this elitist type funny guys talk shit but what slash two did is every 10 episodes they'd have a show called the super fan where everyone would kind of get into ventrilo oh which by the way um the reason why vent chat is named vent chat is for a voice over ip client that was prominent until about 2013, called Ventrilo. Um, some people use TeamSpeak, but Ventrilo was definitely the the one. And because of this, um, what made VentChat really cool was at a live show, it would end, and then Fen would just be like, yeah, if you want to call me on Skype, shoot me a message. We'll chat. And so... It was really crazy because these people were finally approachable and you could interact with them for the first time. And it was one of the few times where I saw a show where really the people who listened to it were as much a part of the show as the people who made it. And uh, there were vent chat forums as well. (laughs) There's some great, I don't know if those exist anymore, but if they do, there's some great things like the person behind the keyboard thread. You get to see some very like proto turd hat. Um, and him going deep on people <laughs> examining pictures they put of themselves. But th- what I'm saying is y- you have to keep in mind this context of the weird internet, of the strange internet, that there is this sort of countercultural, you are existing on the peripheral of society. There were a lot of people, myself included, who were like closeted WoW players during this period. I did not tell a fucking soul until like I was in college that I played WoW because it was something that immediately there was this 
snap judgment. There was these portrayals of, oh, you're uh, this kind of like beta personality, virgin, loser, nerd, all these things that now we kind of celebrate in society. And there are these enclaves of people who have that kind of thought. It was really difficult. Like for me, honestly, it, it's not quite the same. But saying like, oh, yeah, I play WoW as, you know, as 15, 16, 17 year old high school student in white any town America was like one rung below being like, yeah, dude, I suck mad dick on the weekend. So it was something for me that I always kept very high hidden. And I got to listen to these podcasts and live through them at like my peak of playing WoW and listening to WoW podcasts. I think I had 15 and I was just grinding out achievements, doing all this shit, listening constantly. And Venchat was this cool one where the first time I felt like I could reach out and touch it, where it was real, like I really felt these were real people. And that was an extremely endearing part of the podcast. And it also made it bigger because you would get sometimes someone on the after show who you knew and they're, you know, maybe a little sauced up, they're saying funny shit, and everyone's just playing along in this really fun way that like, the after shows were kind of what now the meetups are in a small way. So you'd get on there and be like, oh shit, Slaughterhouse Jack's on here or Forest or whoever. And you would talk to them with Fen. And a lot of times that stuff in the after show was like the best gold ever. And if you listen back to old shows, you will see some of those times <laughs> where you get, you're like, fuck, this show's like three and a half hours long. And from two and a half hours to three and a half hours, you are splitting at the sides and laughing until your face hurts because somebody came on and is just lighting it all up. So that is kind of the space that we're occupying. And as WoW starts to come kind of into a slow slide, this is about May, June, July of 2010, it's kind of this lull before Cataclysm where everyone's done everything. There's not really new content. They released a new raid, but everyone kind of rolled their eyes at it because it was one boss with some mini bosses. And that's when the show started to kind of turn again because now there's this no content. Wow, it's not there. It starts to really foster the more comedic angle. And a lot of the hosts kind of quit and really moved away from the game. So Fen really kind of didn't play much of Cataclysm at all. I think him and Turhat maybe had some alts at one point that they made on a server just to see like the new leveling experience. But Sauce and Esta still kind of kept raiding, but it was like uh, in a side guild, just this very different thing. And they'd talk about it, but it was just like whatever. So now we're kind of in this new stage of what is the closest vent chat of old to now and the show starts to stretch and grow and test out its new limbs in weird ways because now we see social media starting to take shape we see twitter coming into the fray and it's funny because there were long these petitions like we need to get Asta on Twitter. We need to get Turdhat on Twitter. So they made accounts and tried to see, like, how many followers do you need for this account before you now go and start tweeting on it? 
and Turd Hats infamously was um, a semicolon was his first tweet. I don't remember Asta's, but it was you know the same thing for Asta was. I don't know why anybody would want me to be on Twitter the same way like with the show and and all things like that. So then that starts kind of a new thing. Um, and it's changed the show. I'm not going to say good or bad because it's it's ridiculous to look at something in a with almost a decade between because you're almost inevitably going to romanticize it. Um, like, sure, it was really cool when you could meet people on the internet that you didn't know and build these friendships with them and it was so interesting. But at that point, I had like a, a Nokia phone still and game of thrones hadn't come on tv yet and netflix didn't really exist in the way that we all think of netflix today so it's like yeah you were still watching a fucking shitty sitcom on tv and you didn't know shit about shit and listening to a shitty radio station you know all of these things so then what had happened for a long time on the forums was there were was talks of doing Fan Chat Vegas and there was kind of like, do we do it for show one hundred? And it kind of fell through because uh Forrest took the charge of it and sh- it, it it was one of those things where one person has the right intention and they say, Hey, random strangers, take some initiative. The random strangers are never gonna take the initiative. So Forrest was like, Yeah, group hotel new blah 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 and 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 it kind of fades into uh, nothing. And then I think it was sometime around like the 130, 140 mark. I said like, Hey, episode, cause they talked about doing a meetup and like, Oh, I think this time of year is good. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, episode 200 lined up really perfectly with this kind of like early to mid fall time when we all kind of agreed like, yeah, that's a good time. It's before the holidays. It's after the summer. It's a, about as good as it gets and so we planned it and this is something also that i really want people to understand is going into vent chat vegas we had no fucking idea what was going to happen people did not know what the hosts looked like people did not know what the hosts did there weren't really photos of them photos of anything like maybe you'd you'd get a picture of you know something turd had fucking made and and put on twitter but we are still so so early in this social media thing like yeah people had facebook but instagram does not exist snapchat does not exist so it was facebook and twitter and people weren't using twitter the way they use twitter now twitter was just like dumb thoughts out of your head like just stupid ideas it it wasn't really a place for meaningful conversation it was still 140 characters it was still when putting someone's username took up part of your 140 characters so you couldn't have these conversations with five or six people because by the time you got all their names in there you'd have 30 characters left over so it's really really a different time and i want to stress that because if you can put yourself back there if you can imagine these parts then you will really get the right idea of it so we plan this all on the forums and on the show and people talking and emailing in and people don't know what fen looks like people don't know what turn hat looks like people don't know what esther looks like i think people may have known what saw i think we knew what sauce looked like 
And we kind of knew what Turd Hat looked like, sort of, because there was, like, the infamous, like, duct tape thong picture and <laughs> ridiculous shit like that. But, I mean, a lot of the pictures we had, like, Turd Hat had his wife right, his wife right, vent chat on his ass cheeks and things like that. So, a lot of the material we had to go off for the hosts was just this cool, vague, mysterious thing. And it was the same with the listeners. Sure, maybe they posted pictures of themselves, but you don't have HD video of them. You don't see their life all the time. Phones aren't everywhere still. And so we go to meet up in Vegas, and this is fall of 2013. And there was a legitimate concern that, like, this might be it. Like, this might be Woodstock. You get it one time. And there was obviously the concerns of, we have no idea who's showing up. We have no idea what they're going to do. We have no idea what's going to happen. So come correct. But who fucking knows? And we go to Vegas and obviously it's great. It's hilarious. There are fun times. There are some parts people don't remember. (laughs) large parts of vegas for me are a little bit hard to remember but it was amazing like i remember i remember being in an elevator and i'm going down or i'm going up or down i can't remember and this guy turns to me because he knew who i was and he goes hi i'm fen and dude my fucking head exploded. I think, you know, for people who know me, this show has been a huge part of my life in my early development. I started listening just before I turned 16 years old. I talked to you now seven years. Later. No, eight years later. And I used to listen to this show over and over and over and over like the pre-100 episodes, I would listen to them on Monday and then probably listen an additional three to four more times during the week, just fucking laughing, dying. And it was always this kind of refuge place for me that I really enjoyed and I really cared about the people here and I was really active. And, you know, maybe I'm not as active anymore. Maybe I got more shit going on in my life, but there's still... Like, that impact is not undone by anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go down, and I think maybe before I saw Fen, actually, I feel like I was at the Luxor bar, and, like, Turd Hat was there, and he was talking to some people, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, holy shit, that's Turd Hat? And I was like, where's Fen? He's like, I don't know. And I think that's when Fen caught me in the elevator because I think Fen was down there and he saw me going up in the elevator. We like smoked a joint. So we went down. <laughs> but it, it was this surreal experience because it was like we were people that knew each other so well, but the puzzle hadn't been put together. So we're existing in this kind of virtual space where I know that Fen likes to get chicken alfredo from Costco and eat it and turned out ate half a beach ball of macaroni salad with crackers on top and forgot about it and esta drinks die mountain dew and had a hungarian sausage for dinner and sauce 
karate chopped his wife in the vagina and Fenn ate taquitos from 7-Eleven and almost shit his pants on the drive home. Like all, all, all these things you get to put together, like stories that you lived, stories that they have half of and I have half of and we all got to experience together in this strange uniting way only through headphones, only through microphones, not reaching out and touching anyone, not knowing what they look like, not having that sudden interface with reality and it was like just a complete impact for the people who were there like holy shit this is dappy man holy shit this is this person this is that person and that still happens every year to some extent but it is massively tempered by the fact of how much we get to see and speak to each other all the time it was like when people talk about mail 400 years ago we're like yeah i'm gonna write this bitch a letter She'll get it in six months. Then she'll return the letter and get it back. So, like, I need to... <laughs> so, you're you're catching, like, years in these glimpses of time. And there was never a show guild. There was never any of that. The closest thing there was to a show guild was there was a guild called, like, Turd Hat's Biggest Fen that somebody made in Cataclysm that kind of died because nobody wanted to play that expansion. But there was this kind of really cool, touchable, yet untouchable, unseeable quality that in Vegas just got eroded. And now there is after Vegas. So another demarcating line is after we have met and the fleshes have been pressed and we suddenly go like, okay. And that really ignited people. More people get on Twitter, more people, everything, just more, 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 more. And there has only been one year during that period when you'd say that we it was taken off for a meetup and that was the year after which like it was because then the hosts had done all this planning all this effort and it was like fuck we don't know what we're gonna do next and on the heels of that rusty announced that they were going to do a campathon thing they had talked about it for a long time on his show similarly in the way that Venchat vegas was like this I don't know, unicorn thing that gets mentioned and disappears as quickly as it comes. Slash 2 had it similarly, and there was a lot of crossover between Slash 2 and Venchat listeners. Like, oftentimes on each other's show, they would be talking about what happened on the other's show, like, as if they were spinoffs of each other. And so Rusty announces that there's going to be this thing called Campathon, where um if you didn't know rusty from slash two used to uh live on this like giant christian retreat campground in west virginia because his dad owned it and the deal was that rusty could like basically live there for free with his family and everything as long as he did all the maintenance work and, and managed it because people are coming in at all times of night blah 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 need to get everything set up and so it was a really good thing for a meetup because you have no outside distractions. People can come there on the really fucking cheap. And he charged, I think it was like 60 bucks or 70 bucks a person was like, you know, for the food, for the everything, which is like such a deal. I mean, $70 in Vegas gets you one and two thirds of a hot dog you ask Swang Tong about that but 
that's kind of what we're working with there. And uh, the next year was Campathon. And Campathon is equally important because it brings people in to the game that were not in the game yet. So a lot of the big name, like people like Josh, who is, I don't know, he's going to be drinking and listening to Vent Chat until he fucking dies in a train-related accident. But people like that get introduced as well. Some of these kind of, you know, like peripheral people who maybe aren't all the way into Vent Chat or aren't weren't down to go all the way to Vegas and meet with all these people. Like that was a big thing to be like, Hey, come to Las Vegas for a weekend and meet all these strange people from the internet who might be serial killers, rapists, you name it. So we do campathon. That's the first time Zom comes to America. Shout out to my boy Zom one time. And then there's this other kind of meeting with a completely, totally different style to that meetup. It was way more chill. It's way more slash two speed, honestly. Way more chill, way more family oriented. Like there's people with their kids that are playing and you've got, you know, doofus is fucking playing with Silas and it was a totally different vibe. And, uh, other people got introduced to this meetup thing and then it kind of galvanized this idea of this annual meeting of the minds of people through kind of various podcasts because there was this period that existed in kind of late Wrath of the Lich King and kind of through Cataclysm where because WoW for a lot of people died in Cataclysm like they either stopped at the end of Wrath and never really started Cataclysm or they carried into Cataclysm like with this surge of popularity that the game had it's like this is the time. This is the biggest point. And everyone was ready to come in. They killed Arthas. Like, yes, Cataclysm. Yes. Like, it seemed so fucking cool. And then it ate a bag of dicks because Blizzard did not really do their due diligence in terms of content and everything. But during that period, there was kind of a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like an alliance of people in this like rebellious group and it was things like stopcast slash two vent chat if i'm missing any i'm sorry but it was these like wow like founded in wow rooted in wow their name was probably a wow reference but don't talk about wow that much anymore and now it's simply the fact that these people met in wow they built these relationships in wow and this is how they interact now because they're not just going to throw it all away because they stopped playing the game. And it was kind of this like bad boy, not, I mean, not bad boy in like the leather jacket, smoking cigarettes, it's going to fuck your girlfriend away. But like this kind of, almost, almost like, you know, burnout loser type, if we're looking for like some type of breakfast club archetype for it. Because you had people like Scott Johnson, who's on the other side, which, you know, Scott Johnson gets some shit. I listen to a lot of his podcasts. I think he's a good guy, but he definitely caught a lot of shit um, during this period because he was very much like, and in a very smart way, he was one of the very first WoW podcasts with his show called The Instance, and during that period, he was really, really, really posturing himself to kind of like just take over, and his was by far the most popular WoW podcast, 
And he turned that into now what his is his like podcast and new media career. So shout out to him for doing the damn thing that nobody else could. And that was another important part about Venchat. There's never been ads. There's never been shit. It's never like, oh, nature box. Like from the beginning, there was never this drive for stardom. There was never this thought of like, oh, maybe this can be our new career. Like it it was never going to happen. And I'm glad that from the beginning it was that way because there's nothing worse than when there's a podcast you like and you listen to it. You can tell like that person is just trying so hard to monetize it in some way. And you're just like, fuck, dude, just do some. Like, you're never going to make 70 grand a year podcasting. So just stop. And not, yo, if you're out there podcasting, you're trying to make 70 grand a year, stay on it. But what I'm saying is do it the right way. Because I can fucking tell when you're not doing it the right way. So put in the work, make the content, make the content, try to monetize it in your own way. Don't just think the fucking nature box and Casper mattresses are going to be your promo code highway to fancy living but anyway you have these kind of two branches of people that are really in blizzard's pocket versus people who are really disenfranchised you know slash two for the longest time their show would just be them bitching about blizzard forever (laughs) and same with venture or things like stopcast there was never any kind of asterisk to what they said they never pulled back because they didn't want oh what's blizzard gonna say if they thought something was shit if they didn't like the changes to the game they said it if they felt alienated as players if they felt alienated as content creators they made it known and what's kind of funny too is these podcasts in this kind of you know loser burnout whatever you want to call it area who are keeping it real start to get well blizzard for the longest time never collaborated with anyone who made podcasts with them. even in the heyday of podcast you could not get an interview from a fucking gm from blizzard they just were not going to do anything about it but after that period there started to be this kind of like oh shit we should really do something about this And you will just mention it to Rusty and he will lose his fucking mind. Because what then started happening in like late cataclysm with was just like all these people, you know, you want to interview? Sure. This guy goes in your podcast, all these things. Well, after these people like slash two vent chat, stopcast are completely out of the wow game. So, uh, shit. I don't think there's much time left here, but. From there, Campathon injects this kind of, this other side. So now in in the way that back in the day you used to have a guild merger in WoW, which usually never worked out well, uh, there was kind of this cool audience merge. And since then, VentChat has been on the kind of leading edge of organizing stuff just because you've got people with more more wherewithal for it. There was another Campathon a couple of years ago but in general, um, the meetup side is far more prevalent on vent chats and, and like the playing games every week and, and virtual side of things is far more on the slash two side. So people kind of get the best of both worlds depending on what they want. But I think that catches up just about everyone to everything. And from there you have New Orleans, 
the Alaskan cruise. You've got Cincinnati this year coming up as Austin. Who knows where future things and, and meetups will be, but I definitely feel like for the foreseeable future, this is kind of the the beat of Venchat. Oh shit, my alarm's going off. My apologies again for the amateur bullshit. But uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean if you have not been to it so so this is this is what I'm I'm going to leave you all with. Because um Venchat changed my life. And I feel like a lot of people have been changed by it. A lot of people feel more accepted. A lot of people have made real friends. There are not many people outside of people I know from this show, or honestly, people I know from video games, who I consider real friends. Because you always meet under these strange circumstances. For all of us, we got to meet like kind of sort of anonymously. And we got to truly be ourselves without the weird subconscious conforming that you do every day. Or having to worry about what you say affecting your job or fitting in in the area you live. And we all got to be ourselves and grow into these characters in the RPG of life that we all play. And I hope that everyone who listens to this show gets to use it as an escape from reality. And if you are someone who's never been to a meetup, who just things it's difficult money family job whatever maybe frito-lay won't give you the days off what i strongly suggest that you do is do something look for people who are in your area organize a little something i mean i think the people who are really doing it big right now are people in kind of the southern midwest area i don't know what the fuck you're appalachia so the kind of Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee area, Ohio are doing big things, Pennsylvania, and they're finding ways to meet up. And that doesn't mean that's what everyone has to do. But if you are out somewhere and there hasn't been a meetup near you or there was and you weren't able to make it or you're a new listener, reach out because if you make the first move, something will happen. Years ago, five years ago, no one ever thought that Vegas was going to happen until I, until someone put a hard date on it. Cause Forrest did really good work and she really pushed a lot of things forward in the community. Um, I don't know if she still listens. I still see her on Twitter sometimes, but Forrest was someone who really kicked a lot of things in the ass. And if I hadn't said, here's episode 200, it's at the perfect time we go in or not. I don't know if Vegas would have happened or if Vegas would have happened at nearly the time it did. And so with that, start something, do something if there's something you want to do because otherwise you're just going to be waiting forever and life's too short to wait for that kind of shit. So the only thing I, uh, <laughs> I realized that I missed was there was a period of the show which was very funny in which Fen had like a strange fake but also semi-real Argentinian girlfriend who was uh this girl who found the show because of a hashtag on Twitter 
And then she like started listening and uh would like follow people on Twitter and join in these conversations and that's how we found out about like Fernet and Coke. Um, which I guess is an incredibly popular drink in Brazil. And obviously there are, are huge parts of the show and memes and inside jokes and storylines. And, and for those, you really ought to go back and listen. Uh, to anyone who has not heard episode 29, this is my final plug. That was the first episode I ever listened to. My friend who I played WoW with got me into the show and he told me, all times, oh, you need to listen to this, you need to listen to this. And I, did, I didn't, didn't, didn't. Until one day I ran out of podcast and I said, what the fuck is this? And I listened to that 4th of July episode of Venchat and it blew my fucking head off. And I still, that show was downloaded on my phone and every time I go on a plane, I listen to it. Because when you just went through customs and passport control and there's some Russian guy digging all through your shit like do you have any metal is there any weapons in here and you're like if this fucking comrade does not calm his shit i'm gonna lose my mind and get thrown in a gulag when you sit down on that plane in a middle seat between two fat fucks and you're like okay time to go on a trip time to go on a little trip through time and go back this week because this is a short thing go listen to that episode go listen to a different episode Go get a little blast from the past, courtesy of Chat. Thank you guys so much. Peace.